0: Who's their butt what it talk it talk in their movies talk it, talk it, talk in their movies, talk it, talk it, talk in their movies, talk it, talk it, talk in their movies, but tell me shut up, I do it all up
1: I do it a one. Do it a one. Do it a one. Bada boom, bada bing party, people, and welcome to another edition of Talking During Movies, the podcast where we take key moments and quotes from a film to drive a conversation. And man, do we have a doozy. These are my favorite kinds. Well, I got two favorites. The one is that person i've been stalking and reaching out to or thinking about and i finally just send some shitty email and they say yes for some reason because they're bored and have nothing to do and then the second is when people actually reach out and engage and they're like oh my gosh this is my favorite movie or a man i'd love to talk about this and I'm like green light party people green light and joining us today is the man the myth the legend mr matt brewer how are you sir
2: I'm fantastic. It's Monday. I didn't have to go to work today, so it's good.
1: <laughs> it, it's a weird Monday. It's kind of like a busy Sunday, the shitty busy Sunday. It's a weird Monday. I mean, listen, I'm, I'm all about Juneteenth and um, I'm glad they're celebrating the holiday and that, well, you know, we're learning more about our history. I think all those things are fantastic. I'm not knocking that. It is, I think if it was a 4th of July Monday, I'd be feeling kind of the same way. It's just a weird, weird Monday. I don't know. It's just me. How's your Monday going?
2: That's not too bad. Um, my fingers hurt. I played guitar for about three hours before doing this, so I can't complain.
1: Now, why would you be playing guitar for three hours? There's oh, uh, that's a really What
2: are you doing? <laughs> um, so I'm one of two members in, a, in the Austin-based video game music band, the Masters of Unlocking, and we decide that we don't like to play songs less than eight minutes long. So <laughs>
1: <laughs> you're like, hey, Don McLean, hold my drink all right yeah
2: yeah pretty much i think our our shortest song is five minutes and that was much to our chagrin
1: so i mean we, we, we're going to get into this in the podcast uh because i'm going to have to figure this out but before we get into the podcast and it play on this wonderful movie mm-hmm. tell the kids what we're watching and why it's such a big deal to you we are watching the quintessential film of you
2: may not be ready for that but your kids are going to love it uh we're watching john carpenter's the thing
1: Ooh. The beautiful 1982, Kurt Russell, it's got, I mean, the whole staff, the whole crew almost died going up there. Mm-hmm. Multiple times, you know, people were injured in this crazy, crazy film. Uh, it's, it's, It's got lore and myth around it. What is it that resonates with you? What makes it special to you? It was, um, along with Blade Runner, it was one of
2: the first movies I ever saw that literally felt like an existential, this is my life before, and now this is my life after um also i really like creepy gross creature effects and um two of the greatest ever to do it worked on this
1: movie now it's weird right because one of the head of special effects was 22 years old at the time Mm -hmm. and one of the blames for the failure of this movie or not having the commercial success they thought it would was because of et now were you an et fan growing up as well
2: i saw et once and thought i'd never need to see it again i i Actually, I'm not a huge fan of ET.
1: <laughs> ET did two good things. It showed us way earlier than anything else aliens are out there, and two, it gave us Reese's Pieces. And for that, I will thank ET. And that's where my compliments live and die for ET. But there we go. All right, we're at some zeros rate hit play. I am indeed. All right, let's hit play. Let's get this party started. And to get it started in this universal picture, so here we go. I got to ask you how does one get into or get recruited into the idea of creating music for video games?
2: I wish I could say it was creating music for video games were more of a tribute act more than anything else because people, a lot of people really sleep on composition that goes into, into game scores. And there's a few where, I mean, I could point right now, Super Metroid has a song that to this day still gives me the creeps because the background is the void and it's just this really weird, it's just good stuff. And I just went, I, I want to do that someday. So uh, it's me and one other guitar player. And we decided, fuck it. Let's just do, let's just find a way to do this and make it our own. And we did.
1: Wow. Now when you're, I mean, you know, there's some people who have, unique or, or, or eccentric careers. This this tops the list for, for me personally. You know, what do you tell mom and dad?
2: Oh, they were all for it. Um, I actually studied music when I went to college. Um, oh, okay. Nice. Yeah. Right. So that was, yeah, mom, my mom and dad, they were very much, they were like, anything you want to do, we don't care. Just be happy doing it. And so I, uh, before I moved out here from out West, I won't say where, um, you, I'll give you three guesses, but you're probably going to need one. I mean, uh, I'm
1: gonna you gotta start off with Nevada.
2: Nope. Portland, Close. Oregon. <laughs> oh no, I've been to Oregon once. I don't want to go back.
1: <laughs> um oh, but the Sh- the Shaky I, McShakersons, the old, the old Cali shakes. Yeah. There you go.
2: Yep, indeed. But yeah, I went to I went to school, studied uh, music theory, history, and composition. Didn't do anything with it, then I dropped out and moved out here. And six years later, or no, not six years, how long have we been doing anything now? Three years later, started the group and actually put that learning to use.
1: And then how did you get into the business then? How did you, you um, break in? What, what, what does that look like? We're still,
2: we're still in the process of breaking in. We're gaining the kind of gaining a reputation because um, I always joke that if we were to take all of our tracks, we could play for 45 minutes and just not stop and then i realized that that was underselling it cuz we have an hour and 15 minutes worth of stuff we can do and just not stop so wow. um yeah so it's kind of weird it's a interesting it's an interesting scene cuz there's full festivals dedicated to bands and acts that do either just straight up video game music or inspired by um, it's it's kind of wacky i think austin alone has seven or eight different acts that do it
1: Wow. Yeah. Now, I mean, I'll, you know, I, I do a lot of experiential stuff in, in my uh, professional job, if you, if you will. Mm-hmm. And I find it fascinating. I mean, just really, really fascinating when people, uh, you know, create a, a unique venture or do something, you know, that, that I don't think a lot of people know exists as far as a, as a career goes. And, and I wonder, you know, you, you, do you go to shows? Do you, uh, do you guys go check out uh, festivals? You invited, do you play at festivals and things like that for uh, the gaming community? Um, so we
2: go, I go all the time. I'm kind of the, uh, out, of, out of the two of us, I'm very much the voice of the band. Brian says, never give him a microphone because we'll just never be allowed back anywhere. He's the <laughs> other guy in the band. <laughs> um, but um, a lot of it's, honestly, a lot of it's networking, which is a lot of fun because I talk to everyone. Um, but it's, um, yeah, I mean, we, we have three conventions we're playing at within the next two months and one of them's up in Minneapolis, which is a bit of a drive, but that's going to be a lot of fun.
1: Heck yeah. That'll be, a, that'll be an awesome treat. Mm-hmm. I mean, listen, I, I'm a big fan of road trips, so I'm, I'm all, I'm all about, uh, the, the road trip. And I also, have you guys ever been asked, you know, based on a game, uh, that you may enjoy or that you know, is, is really popular. Have you guys ever been asked uh, to play at someone's house live while they've been playing their game? No, no, we haven't
2: been. That'd be a lot of fun. But it's funny you should mention that. There's a band out of Atlanta called Bit Brigade. And they have five members, two guitar players, a drummer, a bassist, and a guy who sits on a beanbag chair with a Nintendo and he speed runs a game from front to back and the band plays the music from the game live over it. Really? Yeah.
1: See, that's cool right there. Oh, and here's our, here's our first glimpse of a little J, J&B right there. Oof, gnarly. Mm-hmm. Gnarly beverage. Yeah. Uh, here's the one thing I find interesting about the thing where if we were going to take something away from it in some capacity, which we didn't, It seems like all of these films, any Arctic horror film, at some point the ice thawed and something got loose.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. This is not slowing down global warming. (laughs) (laughs) uh, But you've got to wonder, and I'll ask you, do you think there is gnarliness locked in to the ice up there? Or down oh,
2: there? I, I mean there has to be um how you know that I, I mean they even say I mean the ice is hundreds I mean hundreds of thousands probably millions of years old there's gonna be some crazy shit down there um probably not a giant pyramid like an alien but you know um,
1: <laughs> well you never know right I mean so it's, it's always weird because I get I am preparing for these things it's usually late night and a bottle of wine and a deep dive into YouTube and the weird shit that just goes through my brain when I look at this stuff. And the first thing I think about is not the North Pole, but Antarctica, like you can't go visit there. You can't go hang out there. It's kind of off limits. And yet we've got maps you know, from thousands of years ago that show Antarctica. Yep. And it's just, I mean, some of this shit's just wild. And so it brings me to this big question Not that it has anything to do with this movie whatsoever, outside of the fact that Kurt Russell's stepping outside in a fucking t-shirt. We know, that just doesn't happen down there. (laughs) But in reality, uh, you know, do you believe that there were prosperous civilizations before ours? Define
2: prosperous.
1: Well, I mean, I would say that... There was probably some knowledge that we had and were beginning to lose when uh, the Egyptians were uh, were building their pyramids. I would consider them, you know, uh, somewhat prosperous. Oh yeah, you know uh, the Greeks. I mean, the the Greeks still have these damn goofy roads, right? All of these crazy uh, cobblestone roads that are doing just fine thousands of years later. And, you know, we're repaving our roads here in Austin. It seems like every six months.
2: <laughs> if we're lucky.
1: <laughs> if we're lucky. That
2: means I mean, we'd to work, and that would be a pain in the ass. But, I mean, I mean, yeah, if you're going to take the, the Greeks, the Romans, um, I mean, shoot, how long has China been an advanced civilization for?
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah.
2: You know, um, and, of course, I mean, what's i'm trying to think of a way to say this without saying sounding pretentious but history's forgotten more stuff than we'll ever learn you know i mean at some point in time someone's going to look thousands of years back at our our civilizations and go what's a meme and (laughs) why is there a cat playing a piano or or cooking
1: cooking fish sticks or something like that you know and and how weird is that right i mean if you think about it the 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 oddity of Okay, so the Egyptians left us the pyramids, the Greeks and Romans left us epic architecture and just amazing business. We left cat memes. Yep. <laughs> yes, we did. We left cat memes and complaints about not knowing how they built that ship. Like we've had all this time to try to figure it out. And what we figured out is that we don't know. But have you seen this cat? Right. You know, what was it? Grumpy? Was that the popular cat? Grumpy, the cat? Uh,
2: grumpy, grumpy cat, yeah. Who grumpy cat, is, yeah. Who isn't a thing anymore because Grumpy cat's dead.
1: Is Grumpy cat dead? Yeah, Grumpy cat died a couple of years ago. See, and that's, that's another fail of science, right? We can't get pets to live longer than eight years. Come on, mm-hmm. bastards. So, what is, we're watching the thing here, folks. I got to ask, got to ask you this. We open up, you know, we've got a helicopter coming in, this guy's shooting guns, throwing grenades. Accidentally lets one slip out and blows up his own helicopter. What's his story? What's his, what's his reasoning for coming up there to destroy them? Is that a rhetorical question? Yeah. I'm just going oh. to, to ask, yeah, because there's some people that are watching this with us and they've got it on mute and they're going to want some expert insight to, uh, to mentally prepare them for that, that very escaped New York Kurt Russell ready to part
2: it's funny that you had mentioned escape from new york because fun fact the voice in the uh the chess computer is adrian barbeau what yeah
1: dude that is wild mm-hmm. i didn't know that at all see folks always learning something always learning something um no i, I mean I, I find it fascinating right there were i find two things really interesting about this film and and obviously you know we'll, we'll get into a little bit more as the movie goes on but There was a happy ending scene that was filmed and never released. There was a darker, more violent ending that was never released. And there were, everyone who died had an alternative death scene filmed. I find that, you know, for, I think it's great. I mean, I don't think you could do it now just for the cost of making movies and everything else that goes into it. But back then, I mean, Wilford Brimley doesn't even have the mustache to get diabetes in this film. But back oh, speak then, of the devil. Never, <laughs> there he is. But back then, I mean, it seems like the, the ability to have that kind of creativity was, you know, obviously rewarded in a great film. And now yeah. with timelines and budgets and actors doing, you know, so many different things, I don't think you get those opportunities to film three different endings, film multiple death scenes in different ways. I
2: can't think of any shoot. Yeah, I remember when alternate endings were a thing, and the only last the last movie I remember doing something like that was Dodgeball.
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah I mean, it's just you know, but it's there's a um, you know there's there's a there's a uh, there's a beauty to that artistic endeavor, right? That that dive in, if you will, and trying to understand, um, you know, not what the people want. But what the film creator wants, and you know, I, I think um, I think in some capacity that's changed a little bit.
2: Yeah. Go back. Yeah, um. I'd like I'd like more. I mean, that, I honestly I think um, Robert Eggers is kind of a uh, filmmaking godsend right now because his three movies that have been released are all w- what what and <laughs> you know, I just watched The Northman last weekend.
1: What'd you think of that?
2: I actually loved it. Um okay. Yeah, I um, my it, it's this is this is gonna be kind of funny. So my my roommate, who's also my best friend, and I, were in a, a historical Viking reenactment troop, and so I do the cooking. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Hold on. we
1: got <laughs> back, back up
2: there. <laughs> yeah,
1: the historical reenactment Viking troop. Yeah. A. Uh huh. How does that happen? And then B. What does that well? And what does that mean? Like over, um, are you guys traveling
2: over overseas? Or are you? Oh, that'd be awesome. No, we uh, we practice in the park down over on Burnett. Okay. Um, but it's it's the same kind of thing like any other group that wants to do historical something of some kind, whether it be you know Civil War or the or the medieval guys. Um, this just happens to be as you know as accurate of Viking stuff as we can. So like the horn helmets, yeah, that wasn't a thing. Um, but um. So my, my buddy, he's not, I'm trying to, he, he's not as well-versed in like film nuance and things like that. He just goes, I see this. I like it. You should watch this and like it too. And his biggest complaint was the way, yeah. You know, and that's totally fair, but um, the way he, the, his biggest complaint was the way, the way battles were shown and, and, you know, shield walls and things like that. Cause he, you know, every Sunday goes to the park and gets an ax swung at his face while I'm sitting there going, yeah, how can I roast a pig f- 15 different ways for 40 people? Uh, yeah. So we sat there and we, were, we watched it and we finished it up. And I just said, I said, that is one of the most visually spectacular films I've ever seen. And it was ugly as sin because it's, you know, it's not a pretty movie. It's not supposed to be a pretty movie and it's not an easy to watch movie, which I love that kind of
1: stuff. Yeah, I'm I'm really enjoying this trend right now of not making movies pretty, making them good, making them difficult, making them original, making them unique, but I don't need them pretty. Yeah. um, Precious Gems with Adam Sandler was that way. It wasn't pretty.
2: It wasn't. No, it was very um, another real kind of difficult, difficult watch. Um, three billboards outside of Ebbing, Missouri.
1: Oh, so good.
2: yeah, Martin McDonough is up there with, as one of my favorite directors.
1: That was that movie, and I like it because there's not it's not this easy button happy ending either. No
2: you know,
1: which, which I think people try to force and I, and I hate that because I don't need that man I, I want. There's, you know, some people want to go to the movies and escape, and I want to escape too with the great entertainment. Mm-hmm. But inside of that, I also have to have to really, you know, really embrace the storyline. And that storyline, are guess, some in the background. My persistent fuckhead of a dog, I love him to death, and he's such an asshole. We'll just walk back and forth, and you're going to hear a tick, 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 tick for the next two hours, or I can let a little prick up. So I let him out. God, I hate that dog. And I love him at the same time. Do you have a dog? I do. Yeah, we got a corgi. He's an asshole. Yeah, I got a basset hound who's emotional and whiny. And he's just a bitch.
0: Hmm.
1: He's a, he just sits there and he looks at <laughs> you. And then knows how to walk to where he can get his toenails to tick on my hardwood floors. And then we'll just walk around me the whole time and then looking at the door. And all he's going to do is just going to go out there and folks, I'm sorry. This is a true fact about dogs. He's just going to go out there and eat his own shit. So this is what he does. He goes out and he poops and he finds the poop that he had last time. And then he's just like, well, there you go. Get in here, you moron. All right. Hopefully he's done for the rest. So back to this question for you on the thing. Yes you said it was life-changing or the uh, pivotal moment where you can look back and be like, there's a change. Mm-hmm. What, what, what was that change? What was it about this film? Um, it was, it was one of the first
2: movies. that, <laughs> let me try that again. It was, uh, it was one of the first films I'd ever seen that really, you know, it does, this film doesn't hold your hand, um, which, you know, there's a place for films that are very easy to follow, but, the um the scary aspect of of not knowing cuz you know the best the best thing about this from a from a um narrative standpoint is there's no separation between viewer knowledge and character knowledge what you know they know and that does that you don't know until until they learn it which is not common in any form
1: of medium yeah and i really like the way you put that you don't know and they don't know you're you're not voyeuristically watching this through three different people's eyes you're voy- voyeuristically watching this as they're going through the process themselves mm-hmm. and uh you know i would say that compared to other movies right where that can be a problem uh you know it plays perfectly with the writing and with the style and the way the film shot but I can also see that that's why it didn't have great commercial success. No,
2: um, I'm sure the gore had something to do with it. Which, um, for people who have queasy stomachs, you're going to see some shit here.
1: (laughs) (laughs) You're gonna, you're gonna don't be eating spaghetti and meatballs right now or some goulash, kids. Okay.
2: Mm, Goulash. That sounds pretty good. Um,
1: do you ever, do you ever have that as a kid? Goulash?
2: goulash? Um, nah, that was a little bit out of our wheelhouse. Um, but, uh, when I got older and learned how to cook a lot of stuff, oh yeah, I've made goulash before.
1: Now, how do you make your goulash?
2: Uh, red potatoes, uh, caramelized onions. I use English short ribs. or not. Do I use English short ribs? No, I usually use short ribs and, um, I try to make my own stock cause I'm kind of extra like that.
1: Oh, you're making proper. See, I was poor and raised in Montana and it was whatever pasta noodles we had, red sauce, peas, carrots, whatever potatoes were available, and uh, some hamburger meat and a little bit of pork sausage.
2: I mean, that sounds really good.
1: (laughs) You know, (laughs) it wasn't too bad, but it basically was the culmination of, you know, whatever we didn't eat. For the week coming up and then some red sauce on top
2: yeah that yeah. makes that makes sense my mom she kind of did the same thing she would take leftover bits and bobs you know meat or vegetables and all that stuff and put it in a giant jar in the freezer and when it was full she'd get it out and make soup
1: yeah my, my dad did the same thing he said that was the big deal uh cooking after thanksgiving was taking the turkey carcass and boiling it down
2: making the turkey, turkey stock that's yeah. that's what i do that's what I do as well now. Hell yeah.
1: I love it. It is, uh, it's a, uh, you know, it's, it's becoming a bit of, uh, it was, oh, well, I shouldn't say that. It was a lost art for a while and it's becoming cool again to know how to cook. Mm-hmm. And, and yep. really actually know how to cook. Make your own stock, you know, just, you're not, you're not just throwing something in the oven. No offense to the wonderful people at HEB or a full paycheck, but, you know, uh, I think there was a, uh, a lot of opportunities to, uh, you know, I think there's a lot more opportunities now with all the cooking shows and everything else to actually do a proper job in the kitchen, mm-hmm. and you don't have to go to cooking school for it. You just have to no. make a little bit of effort.
2: Shoot, YouTube is is. I tell people if they want to learn to cook, that's going to be your best friend. Oh yeah, YouTube.
1: Mm-hmm. There's one thing that is, you know, so and I, I haven't done the YouTube cooking stuff, but I've done some other stuff from YouTube, and I don't know if this happens on all the YouTubes, but. It is wildly fascinating to me every time and they all start with so you're here to learn about how to put a screen door. On. Like, I am <laughs> like, I've had troubles and I've seen a lot of videos and they didn't get to it and it was so frustrating like we're a minute in bitch how do I put the screen door
2: on? Like those stupid Pinterest recipes where they got to tell you your entire life story and yes. then they get to the point where you melt butter down and I'm just like stop just stop. tell me yeah.
1: yeah I freak out I, I will lose my shit at a YouTube. I'll be yelling at, I'll be like, dude. And then if I, if I click fast forward once, he's like, all right, now that was an important piece. You're like, son of a bitch. i got to click backwards I got to hear the rest of the dog story. So I can get the one screw right so that I can be fine. But yeah, it's now one, one thing about um, this movie, which I'm, I'm looking at right now, I found interesting. Do you know who was supposed to star in this and didn't? I did at one point. Oh, my gosh. I can't believe I forgot this. Jeff Bridges. That's right. Nick oh Nolte. Mm-hmm. Chris Christopherson. Sam Shepard. Oh, Sam Shepard would have been boss in this movie. Oh, Fred Ward. Yeah. I mean, but Fred Ward. I mean, this is, you know, that, this is his heyday. This is when he <laughs> was living the life. You know, Ed Harris. Tom Beringer. They were looking at Tom Berenger. I mean,
2: that's just. I think the only problem with having a cast like that in a movie like this would, you could not believe that the creature survived. <laughs>
1: yeah, right? Yeah. All the stuff Tom Berenger did. Yeah. Right, that would be, you know, you've got, um, oh, that's right, there you go. You know, they, um, it's, they also, which I found interesting, I just learned about uh, the other day, is it's often referred to as a remake, but it's not.
2: No, it's not it and yeah that kind of it, it's based off the same novella but it's uh yeah this is not a remake
1: and then let's get to it because you brought it up and here's some special effects that's how a person looks when they're cooked mm. um rob Botton, 22 years old
2: yep working seven seven day weeks for what was it a year and a half or some such crazy insanity. Yeah.
1: You know, uh, what, first of all, the balls in Hollywood, where, you know, you're one bad movie away from never making movies again Mm -hmm. to put a 22 year old in charge of your special effects.
2: I think he worked on
1: dark star he worked on Star Wars, The Howling yeah. Piranha, and King Kong when he was when he started. When he was fourteen.
2: Yeah, I'm trying to. I, I maybe I'm thinking of the wrong the wrong fellow, but I know there was something that was getting made. He was worked on and working on it, and John Carpenter was just like you. I choose you.
1: <laughs> you, um, I know he He did. Um, he did a collaboration with Carpenter on the Fog as well.
2: That's probably what I'm thinking of then.
1: Yeah, you know, and of course, you know, the great. And dearly departed Wilford Brimley, God bless him. He is, you know, folks, before he was selling you oatmeal and diabetes medication, he was quite the actor. Mm -hmm. Getting out and getting after things. And it It wasn't wasn't just in Cocoon. No, which, hey, I can't believe they made it Cocoon too. I guess they didn't like it up there. You know? Who knew? It is, I I find, I love this. Here's the thing that I think... uh, the younger generation like you know I, I'm a unique mix being almost 50 right I was around when calculators were still cool and we could write the word boob on them mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know fifth grade I got to type on a computer but in high school I still had to take you know uh, typing classes even though we had a computer lab with like three computers in it that we could check out or, or go to for I think 30 minutes a day or a week was very, very limited. But we kind of got to see it all. So I, I, it's fun for me to look back and see this technology that they're kind of monkeying with that's supposed to be state of the art at the time. That's I mean, so fascinating. But, yeah. you know, the kids today, trust me, your iPhone has more processing power than this whole station does.
2: Probably more than that, probably more processing power than the continent did at the time. <laughs>
1: Oh, that face is pretty. It's Goonies. That's not nice to Chunk and his buddy. Uh, yeah, but no, I just find it interesting. But I, I I I bring that up because folks, I don't care what age you are, this is worth watching. Don't get lost in a shitty television or a, you know a big monitor. the The idea that technology makes something more realistic is one hundred percent untrue when it comes to this movie. It's a fascinating story. Yep. It's so much depth. And they smoke a lot of weed.
2: (laughs) Yeah. Look at that. Yeah. Um, totally was going to say something earlier, then forgot about it, and remembered again. Um, just the music thing reminded me of this. This is one of those rare instances where John Carpenter didn't score his own film. Really? Yeah. Ennio Morricone did the music for this film.
1: Wow. Was this, yeah. Is this one of the only ones where he didn't score his own music?
2: I, I'm i pretty sure, yeah. Um, I could probably fact check that at some point in time, but I'm watching the thing, so why the fuck would I do that? No,
1: we're not going to do that. <laughs> Listen, someone else can fact check it and they can send me some angry email talking during movies podcast at gmail.com about how we missed their favorite part and how john carpenter didn't score this or and then he'll label off some other fucking movie and i'll be like good for you i'm glad you did the research these questions come on the fly do not hold me accountable to what we have to say about this movie other than the fact that it's awesome now i do the did you know that they um They created the sounds for the Huskies. Did they? Yeah. Huh. Yeah. This fucking dog. Huskies are weird dogs. I think they're beautiful. Yeah. But they're so intelligent and they just, it seems like they're constantly reading people. I don't don't know that I like them. Not that I dislike them, but I don't know. I don't need a dog that's smart. I mean, obviously, I just bitched about having an absolutely moronic dog. <laughs> but I think I'll take moronic over a dog that's going to pick my fucking locks like, you know, like the Doberman and Flatch or like these dogs here. You know, I I'm going to die. I'm going to die in peace. I don't need a dog to warn me right before I die. Oh, shit. Oh, Jesus. Ah! See, there it is. There it is. Look at that tongue. Oh, wow, it's so good so good that's just look at
2: it's all real no computers yeah unfortunately if you fuck it up you got to rebuild it but who cares you get stuff like this um also this is uh i don't i don't think it's this scene but it's a little bit later when like the horror really happens with the dogs where you get um one of the other greatest special effects people ever to do it and he did only one gag in this movie but it's it's so good um and it was stan winston really yep
1: No, yeah, that's not this scene then i, I find right. it interesting yeah. it may be you know no offense john carpenter but this country does love dogs and as soon as you've got dying dogs right uh it doesn't bode well for for the movie watchers out there i'm just saying
2: that's a great way to get it. Get you to hate a villain, though.
1: It is. It's a great way to get you hated villains. You hurt a dog, and you—that you, oh. was John Wick's whole story. Yes.
2: You Killed my dog. Killed my dog. And then he just kills
1: everyone. Well, oh, look at this guy. Hey, fuck nuts. Yeah, no, you gotta close it faster and lock it. I like how these guys don't look as they unlock shit. By oh, the way, Curt, you got some great hair, son. Good. I mean, he could. He could right now transport to Portland, Oregon right now and fit right in. No one would know he's from nineteen eighty-two.
2: Yeah. Well, we got to see what kind of beer he's going to drink. That's, yeah, that's not a that's not a Portland beer.
1: No, no, that's a it's a simple Budweiser, unfortunately. Yeah. But he does, you know. That's uh, he's got that. He's got that big beard. All the boys are scared now. Where now you're. Um, before before music you know when you were um before austin maybe even any uh any big fun travels
2: um travels yeah actually um uh this god when was this 12 years ago so i was 23 um i actually went over to sarajevo to teach conversational english damn yeah and um, they didn't need me because they speak better English than we do. <laughs> like, like week that was in the advance. I'm using air quotes. Unfortunately, my camera's not working. So, but, I'm, but, oh, hold on one second. This is like, when you see the, the crazy tentacles popping out.
1: Yeah. And you of see the floor, the, the dog face. There it is. Yeah. Oh, and then, how but, shooting right away. This is what always bothers me. Oh, I mean.
2: Okay, so I think I'm a couple seconds behind you, but yeah, all the tentacles coming out Here we go. and spreading across the ground. Yeah, Stan Winston did that design.
1: So sure. oh, that's just ugh, so good. See, I like that he's shooting now, but in the beginning, like you open up, you see that, right? Yeah. How do you not just pull the trigger? How are you not just pulling the fucking trigger the whole time? And that... I mean, the yeah, side, are, on our side. Oh, does anyone have any gasoline? Fire extinguisher, fun fact, if it gets in the lungs, it expands in the lungs like it's fighting fire. And there it goes. Um, And uh, that's a good way to kill something. Get it to breathe in some fire extinguisher insulation. Hmm. This is so gnarly. Oh, red wine was not a good choice. Or was it? Ooh. All right, so you went to... Oh, Jesus. There you go, sir. Now, do you know about the, um, the, the fire dangers that happened during this whole film?
2: I mean, no, but I, I could imagine.
1: <laughs> so your, your boy, for all the special effects, the way he wanted to do them to make them shiny, he had to use this highly flammable gelatin. <laughs> and then Carpenter's like, you know what would be great is we still, in the matters of chaos and things, there's still got to be some flickering flames around to let people know that, you know, shit's still broken. And the problem is is that randomly, like, the set would just catch on fire.
2: Well, that's not good.
1: (laughs) You know, 82, thank God, right? Like, you're not getting away with that shit here.
2: Yeah. Also, can we talk about how you see the creature 30 minutes into a less than two-hour movie? That, yes. that shit doesn't happen nowadays.
1: No. No, not at all. And, you know, it's, uh, the, and it's coming back slowly but surely. It's coming back, I think, a lot more thanks to Netflix and Amazon doing almost what I would call eight-hour or ten-hour movies that they just turn into, you know, like basically miniseries, if you will. Mm-hmm. But the art of storytelling of unfolding of getting into something of of, of finding out of pause and patience of knowing something's coming but not knowing what to your point earlier that that's lost yeah like now if it's not an Instagram you know 30 second moment I don't know exactly if it's not opening up with someone's fucking head exploding when I watched the boys the other day and a guy shrunk down super small crawled into the head of this guy's penis sneezed and then went big size again and exploded all over and that was like their opener yeah that would that would do it god yeah right but you're still you're just like okay i don't you you know i don't know that i right away can i get comfortable
2: (laughs) yeah that's i i can appreciate um um I've, I've, I'm still I'm a couple of seasons behind the boys, but um, they got the the whole you know head exploding thing. I think they did a really really good job with establishing the tone for what the show's gonna be when the dude's running and the girl explodes and I'm just like, oh, that's different. <laughs> and I think I like it. Um, same thing with invincible. I don't know if you've seen Invincible. yes. Ah, that, I mean, I, I didn't know what it was. And then I'm just like the first, you know, the title card hits and I went, Oh, Robert Kirkman, this is going to get real fucked up. And then the end of the first episode happened and I'm just like, yeah, yeah, I saw that coming, but I didn't see that coming. And now I need to go get a drink of water and <laughs> hug a dog
1: or something. I, I will say, you know, I, knock knocked the boys for the, for the, for the quickness to violence. However, I love that series because they they haven't broken from their, they're honest to their storyline. They're honest to their storyline, mm-hmm. they're, story they're honest to us, they're honest to everything. And it's it's very, very cool to watch a series break ground and and, and expand on social norms in a way that is entertaining and fun. And at the same time, makes you turn your head or hide your face that's a, that's an art yeah that's a real art to make you cringe and go god that's disgusting why did i have to see that and then 10 seconds later laugh
2: yeah i mean and i love that because it's just like why are you laughing because that's the only thing you can do
1: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> which you know it would be interesting i would like to see the creator of the boys i'd like to see them remake the human sentiments oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it would be better. I think you know, I, I went through all of the human centipedes, uh, and I did them solo, solo podcasts. And I mean, you know, it was just one. Some of it was highly predictable, which I didn't like. And two, it was just gore for gore sick mm-hmm. At some point, I thought there was some good storyline actions happening at some capacity. Like I would have loved for some more depth on the, the parking garage guy who lived with his mother, you know, and it just, there's just so much more. And I think, you know, those guys could have done a better, I think you would have done a better job. Not that there were bad movies, but I think they could have been done a hell of a lot better.
2: They, I think they also could have been done a hell of a lot better if we didn't have to use, they, I think it should have been a one and done experience (laughs) but and i I don't mean that in a bad way i just mean that when you when you keep making more of something you eventually start cheapening it i'm looking very closely at star wars right now Mm -hmm. throwing some shade at them um over i mean star wars prints money i don't think that's ever not going to get popular but over saturation will kill something
1: yeah it will and it, you know, it, well, we, we saw that a little bit with those middle three with Jar Jar Binks and all that bullshit. It was horrible. Now I Googled and I couldn't find. What the fuck kind of hat is Kurt Russell wearing? Or is he just wearing a square cowboy hat sideways?
2: Uh, that's a really good question.
1: Because I love thinking it would be an interesting hat I could go buy. Great drawing um but it it's not i don't know i love the glacier glasses now i don't know if you're of age when you were around when those are popular but let me tell you as a kid in montana who lived near glacier national park you couldn't go to a fucking gas station in the 80s without seeing a rack of those bad boys just ready mirrored lenses Leather on the side. This is what the mountain climbers use. And just like drinking Gatorade, obviously you're a finely tuned athlete and a mountain climber, sir. Get you some of these for $10.99. Um, I don't think those are really a thing
2: where I'm from because there weren't, There, like mountains weren't a pastime where I'm from in, in California. Um, also, that might be a little bit before my time. <laughs> I think it's probably a little
1: bit important. Your a
2: little too. bit. Um, and just to answer your question, I did find a hat company that makes something called the RJ, and it is a replica of his hat. And, oh, and if you want to spend fifteen hundred and fifty dollars.
1: See if it was fourteen hundred, I'd be in. They 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 lose me on that on that that 150 spiff there. Yeah,
2: well, it's made of beaver. So well,
1: you know what else is special about
2: beavers? <laughs> Sharon Stone.
1: I'd wait what? Yes, that too. Um, <laughs> fun fact about beavers. Artificial vanilla. That scent is pulled from a gland from a beaver's ass.
2: That's something I actually did know. And I also am just like, huh. It's kind of weird what we can do with shit like that.
1: <laughs> it's, so t- it's like perfume and whale vomit. Yeah. Like, that smells great. It's whale vomit, bitch. They're like, nope. And I'm like, yeah, look it up. That's <laughs> amber. Yep. We'll finding whale vomit washed up on the shore. It's yeah. The, it's funny. It's also vanilla has no taste. It is. Um, it, is an, it is a spice that is aromatic only. Mm-hmm. So if you plug your nose and taste vanilla, kids, you won't taste anything. And here's while I'm on the food kick. I did this the other day. I think you'll appreciate this, Matt. So I was uh, got my little girl and she's hanging out with all of her little friends and we're at the pool we had ordered some pizza and everyone took a bite and I said, you guys are all eating the pizza wrong. Mm-hmm. And I said, what do you mean? Do we need to fold it? And I said, no. And I said, we bite it with the crust first. And I said, no. I said, where are your taste buds? They're on our tongue. I said, when you bite the food, now mind you, I have some parents around me are uh-huh. looking at me very confused. <laughs> and I said, you know, when you bite it, all you're tasting is the crust. Because that's what your taste buds touch. Yep. You need to turn the pizza upside down.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> Grease, cheese, uh. toppings, just falling. <laughs> <laughs> they're taking a bite. Then you're know trying to pull it. And the cheese, you know, just slaps them on the chin, burns their chin. <laughs> they're like, ah. And then, you know, always positive. These kids are like, and I just want to let you know, it does taste better when we did it that way.
2: <laughs> oh, hey, look at the titulars or the uh, the scene that made me go, hey, let me pay money to be on this show.
1: Please. Talk to me. Assimilation. <laughs> yeah. I
2: hey, actually dude. have a shirt that has the if invading organism reaches that whole, that scene, I have it on a t-shirt because I'm one of those people.
1: Dude, you're yeah. doing this. <laughs>
2: Oh yeah. Um, If I, if I uh, had a camera on, you'd see I'm actually wearing a shirt that's got the uh, stops of the New York subway on it because it's the, the poster for the warriors.
1: Great, great movie. I did Uh, one of, one of a great movie. One of my favorite people I I talked with is he is a, uh, uh, someone that I look up to and one of my most botched interviews of all time. (laughs) Because I was listening to, I did it with a DJ Z-Trip. And Z-Trip, is, he still does everything on wax. So he'll bring in, you know, carts of records. Mm-hmm. And he knows them all by heart. And he'll have six or seven songs mixed over one another. It's, it's I mean, He's a real artist of music. And it's all done live and it's all done, you know, with records. Old school. And I probably said putting it on wax to that guy a hundred times, just for him. <laughs> just. I, I was fanboying out, got a little boozy, and just fanboyed out even more. It was oh, he's drinking Coors Original at least. Look at he traded in his Budweiser for a Yellow Belly. That's what I'm talking about,
2: Curse. And there you go. Take take pulls off the bottle. Who cares? <laughs> uh, Did you hear
1: about COVID up there? No, it's too cold. Too cold. I like the um, I like the books. A long way to go. Very enlightening about what they're gonna have to go through if they want to be free.
2: I actually never noticed that before. Yeah. Yeah, and I've probably seen this movie about thirty times. So I got, I got
1: one over on them, folks. Market <laughs> always, What's always watching, people? always learning stuff, which is just I love it. Well, that, I mean, that's just it, you know, and, and if you look at the you know the, the other great people that have done stuff like him, like John Carpenter, I should say, in their young careers, who hide a lot of Easter eggs, uh, Robert Rodriguez, mm-hmm. you know? and even Ryan Reynolds. Did you know that in every one of his movies, he's got a nod to a John Candy? I didn't know that. I really love that. In Deadpool... So John Candy, my f- one, top five favorite movies of all time, Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. Okay. In Hollywood, never remake it. Never do a sequel. Don't, don't fucking touch it. It's a gem. Leave it alone. But in the, in the airport, when Steve Martin's going to meet John, John Candy is reading Canadian Mountain. Deadpool, when he's carrying a book, that's the book Deadpool's carrying.
2: Oh, that's so cool.
1: Isn't that awesome?
2: I love it. <laughs> it's so cool.
1: He does stuff like that. He's got other things going on everything else. There goes my dog right to the glass sliding door. Like I'm going to let him out five minutes later. You little rascal. Go lay down somewhere. Goodness. Yeah, he is. Oh, see, this guy's thawing out a little bit. I find. Yeah, no, I'm sorry. Back to the nod. Sorry, distraction. I okay. Yeah. No. So he does. Um, he does all these uh, nods to uh, John Candy throughout the whole, throughout all of his films, and uh, I would. I don't know, man. There's something about that that I like. I, you know, and some he he broke down some. I forget who was talking to in this interview. He's saying you can't see them all, and sometimes they get edited away, or the clip is really quick. But it could be something from. I don't know what he he talked about? Um, the one where uh, the great outdoors,
0: mm-hmm.
1: right? He's got, he's got a nod to that in, in, the, in Deadpool too. He's got a nod to planes and Automobiles in Deadpool. He, he just, he broke it all down. I was like, man, that is, that's fucking cool. Right. Right? I mean, you know, there's, that's another lost art of giving respect and a nod to the people that, you know, that, that paved the way for you, if you will.
2: Yeah. I, uh, I, I, uh, try to do that with, um, when I, I mean, I put up a, uh, uh, thing, this is about a year or so ago and it was my top 10 most influential guitar players on me. Like, and there's a few in there where I'm just like, Oh yeah, I absolutely like wear those influences on my sleeve. Um, I'm a huge deep purple fan. So so Richie Blackmore like is huge. Um, Adrian Smith from Iron Maiden is the one who actually inspired me to pick up the instrument in the first place Um, Adam Jones from Tool I love the way he does a lot of stuff and I actually lift some techniques of his because it sounds bitching and then David Gilmore because I can say with complete certainty that the first guitar solo I ever heard in my life was from another brick in the wall I was four years old Wow So I I should say cognitively remember hearing for the first time. Sure,
1: there was, um, I used to, I had a buddy who was big into guitars and I'm gonna think of the guy's name. So Eddie Van Halen, they were asking him in an interview, you know, who's your guy? And he said the best guitarist in the world for him at the time was a gentleman named Phil King. Don't know. But I always ask guitarists if they know who he is. And I've only had one person who's been like, yeah, I kind of know who that guy is.
2: Um, see? I cannot say that I do, so I'm going to do a quick yeah. Googler.
1: Folks, Google some Phil Keggy. I don't know. This is, uh, they're burning the guy alive like a monk. I'm not mad at If you see those hands, someone needed a manicure. He was the
2: well. I guess I know who I'm going to be. What I'm going to be listening to later this week. <laughs> mom, mom, I'm always looking for new music.
1: So yeah, there's um. I'm a, you know it's funny I uh, I'm a diehard music fan. I love music. I love music so much. It is so special to me. Uh, I mean, it's, it's so good at bringing back memories and and you know just touching a personal chord, if you will. Um, but I can't. I mean, I'm the white guy at the at the all white church with the tambourine, fucking shit, <laughs> right? It just it just doesn't work that way. It's not you know it just doesn't at all. And, uh, yeah, I, but I still I love it. You know and it's and it's so weird to me because uh, everyone's like, oh, you like music? Do you? No, I do not play. No, I cannot. I can barely clap. I can't hold the tune. I was told in the church choir. That if I put my head up and sang softer, it sounded better. Oh. <laughs> 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 <That's> so harsh. <laughs> Don't sing directly to the people. Let Jesus hear it first. Maybe he can fix it.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I get I totally get you. Yeah, music is probably the best thing.
1: Man, it's just it's we're bo- everyone's born with it, right? We're yeah. Just, we're born with with a rhythm of something or something that you like and you know and also I just have affinity to to people that can accomplish and do things that I have I have no means or, or ability to do and you know with years of, of, of practice make me look effortless and you know it's just it, all that it always blows my mind it really does it's you know and I've got some great musician friends I mean my my buddy Gareth, uh, the last night fighter, he's up uh, by Temple. Old school cowboy music, but now I don't even drink whiskey. I put that cat on. I'm like, well, you we should probably open up a nice bottle of whiskey.
2: <laughs> yeah, I know, I know that feeling.
1: Right. I mean, yeah. or there's some other guys where the music comes on. I was like, well, I'm just, I'm having a beer. It's eight in the morning. No, I'm having it. This this music It just it does.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: that's special. There's not a lot of things in the world that can can do that or that can almost instantly change your emotion or your tone. And you do that. And I'm bringing this back to you because you do that in an environment that has become highly competitive with a lot of shit talking and probably most importantly, uber engaging, right? I mean, you are you're online, you've got friends, you've got TikTok, you've got all these other platforms that are, you know, where people are streaming, playing the games, playing your music, doing things, just watching. And there's an engagement piece to that.
2: Yeah, it's true. There there really, really is. Um, I, I always, uh, I always say there's nothing. I mean, even doesn't, I mean, we played small shows and um, we played relatively big shows, but um one of our kind of like, we've like, we've kind of arrived moments was we played a show at a big, at a big convention down in San Antonio. And we were on at two in the afternoon on a Saturday. And some people are like, Oh, that doesn't sound very good. It's like, no, that's like the best time. Cause that's when everybody shows up. There's the most foot traffic and all that. And we were given enough time to play three of our songs, which is about 25 minutes. Cause again, um, long songs. And, um, do our first one or we start, we start our set and it's like, Oh yeah, there's about 15, 20 people in there. And it's like, that's, you know, that's pretty cool. Finish the first song, look back up. Okay. There's, there's more people in here. That's, that's pretty cool. Finish our second song, look back up to finish the third one. And the room is full and there's about 125 people in there. And I just look over at, at Brian and I'm just like, we did that. And I don't know how I feel about it, but I really like it. So, That's awesome you know and and the way we always look for new stuff to play is we literally ask people to come to our you know come and you know if we happen to be playing you know we'll talk to them a bit and we're just like hey is there a game that you grew up listening you know something that you love and you want to hear music from it give us a name and we'll go through it and maybe we'll do it and ch- chances are we will wow yeah
1: Now. Is there, you know, they go to the guitar store, right? Don't play mm-hmm. "Stairway to heaven. Are there any songs that you won't play? <laughs> <laughs> um,
2: so I will, I'll never say there's songs that we won't play, but there's songs that we avoid because everybody does them. Like we don't do any music from super Mario. We don't do any music from legend of Zelda. Um, and it's not just, it's not really by design, but it's mostly we look at that and go other people play them and they're given, you know, those songs are given the love that they deserve. Like they're iconic for a reason. So we tend to gravitate more towards some, like the lesser known deep cut tracks. And there's a couple games that we play music from that we're like, nobody really knows who, who it is, like what they're from, but without fail, someone will come up and they're like, Oh my God, I used to play that when I was a kid and I haven't thought about it in years. So
1: nice yeah i'm thinking I'm, I'm trying to think because the games that i played when i was a kid that i really enjoyed like i i don't know how much i i don't remember there being any music to the top gun game because i remember the radio stuff and i remember the, 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 the hardest part was refueling and then landing on the aircraft carrier mm-hmm. um Trying to think there was the NBA jams. I'm sure there was music on that. Oh yeah. But it was pretty quick. I should I didn't play a lot of games as a kid. Poor kid in Montana. That was not our jam. We uh we had to get outside, no matter what the weather was like. They didn't let I'm us sure. stay cold there. and
2: cold or hot. I've never been to Montana, but I can imagine it's either cold or hot.
1: It's cold or hot. It's beautiful. It's, you know, we were, uh, I do, I love the, the summer mornings there because they're still like 50 degrees. So you want to, you know, you step outside, it's crisp, cool air. You've got a cup of coffee and it feels good to drink a hot cup of coffee. I mean, it's like, you know, November weather here in Austin, for those of us like, what's here, Jason? fucking dork. Here in Austin, you know, because right now when I woke up this morning and it was 88 degrees, I can't have a cup of coffee, though. No. No. I I don't even open the door and feel like it's refreshing outside. Yeah. I woke
2: up, walked outside, just went, thanks, I hate it, and then walked back inside.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Now, you you brought this up earlier. I, I wanted to ask you, what makes Austin kind of this hotbed for games and then the entertainment that goes around video games. Um
2: I th- well I, I know there's a lot of d- uh, development companies around here like there's there's a few bigger ones but there's a lot of indie ones. Um I I don't know I think Austin was a place where like come here and do business. Um there there actually is a pretty pretty i mean texas itself has a huge video game pedigree um id software the guys who created doom are headquartered in mesquite um yeah yeah um the company ion storm um they're most known for the game um, deus ex it was an old uh cyberpunk crazy like super awesome rpg um they were in austin and in fact a this is so weird to say, you know, but a buddy of mine, he was one of the composers for that game and he lives in Georgetown. Wow. Yeah, and he's worked on other stuff like Unreal. I'm sure you probably heard that name a few times. Yep, I've heard that yeah. name. I,
1: my friend, uh, well, friend, loose term. I know that she's a <laughs> bad person in any way, shape or form. that We just don't hang out that much, but she's been on the podcast, so I call her a friend. Amber Allen from uh, AA who uh, she used to run the esports program uh, and she, um, where does she work now? Well, she owns double A and she's got, uh, but she was doing a lot of video game stuff and bringing in composers and, you know, doing the art and the, and then the experiential marketing around them. And she's down here and she's right in downtown Austin or on the east side of Austin. So it's just, it is wild, you know. You think of Austin, obviously music capital of the world, but there's now a ton of actors here. There's a ton of video game people here, and then, then, then the people who make the video games come to life, like yourself. It's it's pretty amazing. So, folks, don't just think of us as uh, Tesla and uh, financial services. We got we got a lot going on here. A lot, yeah, a, lot
2: of, a lot of a lot of cool stuff. One of the big ones that a lot of people i should say nintendo wise have their eye on right now is actually retro studios they're right over on parmer um their big holy crap these guys are amazing was they did the whole metroid prime series for the gamecube and stuff and they've actually done the last few mario kart games and Everyone loves Mario Kart. I don't care who you are. But, um, but yeah, so Nintendo were like, we're going to make Metroid Prime 4 and give it to a new company. Everybody's like, that's a dumb idea. And two years later, they were like, you're right, that was a dumb idea. They just gave it back to retro. So they've been working hard on it.
1: Nice. You got, you know, I mean, it is the thing. Now that's, that is the, the, the reality, right? Is sometimes it's not the biggest, baddest company on the planet to make the coolest shit. It's just not. You know, and, and what do we get mad at? Well, we get mad, you know, you want to be the person that found it, obviously. And then in being the person that found it, right? You you still will they keep their roots close to home or will you know they give up to the big company? Yep. You know, bands like, that I love, Fugazi, and they never signed a record label. They never did a major deal. And you know, they 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 just printed cash because they sold records out of DC, punk metal band out of DC. I mean, we were getting their independent stuff shipped to Montana at the record store. at what was the hell? What the hell is the name of that mall in Calispo? I forget the name of the mall but they had a little record store in there, and you could ask for Fugazi, and then the guy would have to figure out and then reach out to Fugazi's people and then get them to they have to prepay and get them to send like 10 cds out hmm. that's so but cool how cool is that i mean that's just i love that shit but i, I love independent artists i i'm a firm believer that in the reality of music and pushing music forward independent artists just do more than, than major do, and they will always do
2: more yeah it's true um um I buy most of my money or most of my money God, I buy most of my music from um from bandcamp now I got a lot of friends on there and they get the biggest cut um out of all the the digital distribution services um and then once a month they do a thing called bandcamp Friday where hundred percent of all the all the money or all the music sold all the money goes to the artists and bandcamp does bandcamp doesn't take a cut
1: that's cool mm-hmm. That's, we, you know, I, I launched an independent artist, this girl named uh, Taylor Jade, young, talented, 21, sweetheart of a human being. I mean, just as a great heart. And she's like, her goal is, is to make music so that she can bring on sponsorship so she can feed a million kids a day. Hmm. It's not to be Beyonce. She wants, she wants to create a community that will feed a million kids a day on planet Earth that are missing nutritional needs because we lose, you know, 7,000 kids a day something like that yeah yeah it's horrible and you know this is this is her goal i'm like shit what a cool goal well we did what as an independent unsigned artist we got her on billboards top 40 she made the top 40 think what 32 oh. 32 i'm kidding you not and God, globally awesome. 100 million streams you know we got paid by soundcloud it was like 10 bucks yeah right and so i'm looking at it and what are we on we're on a podcast and what does she want she wants to create community and i'm telling you this because and i'll tell everybody this because this is not a secret right this is about building community i think it's about making independent artists stand up and my thing was always i looked at her her manager and her dad and i said hey you guys stop releasing songs start releasing podcasts but tell people about the music, why you like the music, bring the people on. I mean, she had Mikey Francis out of Vegas. I mean, this guy plays the top clubs in Vegas remixing her songs. What? Yeah. I mean, just here you go. This is cool, isn't it? And you're like, are you fucking serious? As in, That's a story. That's two stories. Those two podcasts. If you get over 50,000 listeners and you're getting 21 bucks for every thousand, you're well on your way. You're doing a hell of a lot better than anybody else. And, you know, her dad was like, holy shit, you think we can do it? I go, no one else is doing it. Let's do it. She's done two episodes. We haven't put any marketing or PR, anything behind it yet. She's already gotten thousands of streams. And she's just talking about one of her, two of her songs that she likes. And then she'll throw up a tribute or she'll be like, oh, I did this song really quick. Let me know what you think about it. And it's her and her producer folks. And I tell this, like, listen, folks, you don't have to copy that remedy. But if you're an independent artist and you want people to like you, if you want them to stick around, get them to like you, not your music. Right? And if you want them to get them yeah. to like you, let them get to know you. What's the Whether you love or hate Joe Rogan, and I say this a lot on this podcast, whether you love or hate Joe Rogan is inconsequential. We're in Austin, Texas. We can go see him at the Vulcan be 10 feet away from it. Whether you love or hate Beyonce, when are you going to be 10 feet away from her? Yeah, right. You're just not. So if you're not, and what happened? Beyonce started out, she was 10 feet away from you, begging you to buy her CD. Begging you. Now it's a stage, security, a fence, a gap, security, and then a smaller fence, that you get to get pushed through, your inner is going to get pushed through as you lean over and scream Beyonce, I love you. How's that building community in any way, shape, or form? And then yeah. how do you exercise your influence? You can't because no one actually knows who you are. You're this mystical creature that creates amazing sounds with your, with your mouth. Your meat suit makes amazing sounds. Mm-hmm. I know shit about you as a person. And I would argue you probably don't know that much about yourself because of the world you live in, right? It's very hard to self-diagnose. I mean, I don't know. If you're a young unsigned artist, release your music through podcasts and let people know how you got there, why you went there, what it meant to you, and let them assign a reality to it that... Aligns with them and with you, and you're going to build a fan base that's stronger than anything you've ever imagined. In my humble opinion.
2: Yeah, um, I uh my my buddy was. We were talking about just like the kind of journey, our, our musical journey. Uh, you know, as a band, my buddy Tim. He's like we've known each other for 20 years. Jesus, um if you've ever seen the Sherlock with Robert Downey Jr. and and Jude Law, like that's how we are together. <laughs> so <Nice. laughs> Yeah, we're good come on What's up? Three years. so we talked about that one time like literally it basically it came down to whoever has a girlfriend and a job is watson <laughs> um, <laughs> but but um we usually default to i'm watson cuz i'm more the voice of reason and um tim is a mad scientist in the kitchen where he's just like i'm going to throw a bunch of shit together and see how it tastes and it's usually really really
1: good so um i'm liking tim more and more i think we need to give him a hot mic at at a fest at an event a festival
2: that'd be a lot of fun yeah he he it's kind of funny he's real he's real low-key but he's really funny um and he has a lot of insights a lot of other people don't look at like he'll i'll show him him a movie where i'm just like oh this and this and this and because he likes to pick on their pick up on narrative stuff he'll point something out and i'm like what like this is the first time you've seen this what
1: so that's uh I like that. Hey, a yeah. fun fact about this movie, by the way, as we just saw all the characters in a room together, one of the very few films, and I will go from 70s forward, not one female is in this film. Oh, that's true. Yeah. No females were cast. Well, we don't know. Maybe, maybe not all the dogs were male, but not, <laughs> no female actresses were cast. Which is pretty wild, you know. I don't. I don't want. Obviously, I don't. Uh, you know, want people to come after poor John Carpenter. That you know, in 1982 or I guess 1980 when he started making this film, that he wasn't thinking of casting women up there. But it's just a reality. And in the chest chomp scene, which we haven't done yet, mm-hmm. did you know that they used a double amputee.
2: I did. I did actually you know did? that. It's, yeah. Wearing a (laughs) wearing a copper doctor Dr. Copper mask. Yes. Yeah.
1: Fucking wild.
2: It's so good. Yeah. It's just
1: taken. I I gotta know. I mean, I gotta well, let's speculate because we're not gonna know without putting the people on the phone. What's that what's that room conversation look like? All right, you guys, we going to do this chess thing. Now, obviously. We can figure out a way to hide his arms. That might work. Someone chimes in from the back, or we could get a WMT and a mask. John's like, winner, winner, chicken dinner. Here we go. Let's hire yeah. a WMPT. I
2: mean, shoot. I mean, this is going to sound really insensitive, but you'd save a lot of money doing that on makeup effects.
1: <laughs> a you lot know. of money.
2: Yeah. Two arms worth, I'd say. But Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know. And it,
1: you know what? A lot of less time in the old makeup chip.
2: Yeah, that too. Um, and you know, I mean, I think I don't remember. I think this movie actually did go over budget, but not by a whole
1: lot. Well, I mean, they, what they did—three different endings, and they did everyone got a different death scene, so it had to go over budget a little bit.
2: Yeah, and then you had the TV cut where they actually talk about each character and who they are and what they
1: do. The, the other thing that I, I was reading about on this, which I found interesting was all the shots, the nonverbal cues, the eyes, mm-hmm. you know, the, the what they call the endearing eyes of the thing of just every time you've got these actors, you know, and it's just there are these subtle nuances in their face that obviously you get on the big screen but if you're watching it on a computer or at home you, you might miss out on it and uh it's you know it's once again it's, it's back to that epic storytelling of, of, of john carpenter and the way he filmed stuff even right now right, when we're you know they're they're getting they're in the pool room you know they're they're building but you i find myself after i read that like i'm looking at everyone's faces now I'm seeing their intensity, and it's not just in their actions. I mean, they're doing active stuff, but it's not just in their actions. Like these motherfuckers look scared.
2: Yeah I, um, I'm, a, I'm a huge fan of um, single shots in like like just shot composition and things like that, so much so that this will surprise you now that we've been talking for over an hour. Um, I'm actually getting three freeze frames from three films I love tattooed on my right arm. And one of them is from this really. Um, but it's not one of the scared ones. If I was going to do it, there's it's that shot of Keith David when they're about to go just fuck everything up and blow the place up. And I forget what Kurt says to him, but just that look of defeat and despair on Keith David's face is just one of the most underrated pieces of cinema ever committed to film that just says so much in about three seconds. Um, I'll point it out when it, when it happens. Yeah, but, please
1: do. Please point yeah. it out. It's, all of this is, you know, it, the once again, get back to your original point. We don't know what's happening. They don't know what's happening. And then to articulate that in, in facial features and fear, and like you said, these long, single-running shots right down the hallways, and mm-hmm. it's just It brings you in. It it makes you as uncomfortable as you should be watching this film. Like you should be on. This should not be an easy film to watch. There's that door handle. Yeah. It's just and and no one. It's funny, right? They looked out the window to see this asshole, but now once again, but you're lost in a moment. Like and this is where it's interesting, right? I mean, and people talk about this, and I I have a note on this. I wanted to bring up. You know when. You're supposed to practice dialing 911 because in the heat of the moment, muscle memory will take over and, and relative memory will disappear. Mm-hmm. You won't remember the numbers. You won't know what to say or do. And so they say, you got to practice 911. you got to practice to know where it's at, to know to do it. And you see them, right? The door handle spinning. They've got a window that they just looked out to see the guy, that they let the guy in with, Right. And what do they do? They forget the door hand. They forget to look out the window. Yeah. And it just, it shows the moment. And there he is. Right. But it just, it shows this, these moments. And you're like, oh, well, that's so dumb. It's like, wait, no. If you didn't know what's happening and you're caught up and you're you're the fucking North Pole and it's freezing and your next move, the next wrong move you make could kill you all. Or you at least freeze to death. Holy shit. Yeah. That's crazy.
2: I love the makeup on, on his face right there. Just you would see for the first time, how tired he actually is. Just that thousand yard stare.
1: Yep. And once again, that's the eyes, right? Yeah. Yep. It is, you know, it, it, Oh, so, so good. And he's just back in the corner now. You know, it's, it's interesting too where they find safety because right they find safety cold, alone, and in a corner. Or
0: mm-hmm.
1: they find safety. you know they don't find safety together. Which, I mean, I don't know. Am I reading too much into it that that's 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 a I mean it, it's a common thread now.
2: Yeah, I mean it's a it's a um it's a good it's a good you know take on you know I mean regardless of how humans may be like oh yeah totally a lone wolf we're pack animals like same as any other kind of you know predatory creature because you know let's face it we are but we don't find safety by ourselves so this is just like I don't like this but I know they're safe but I still hate it
1: yeah right because you do you want them to be together and But they don't trust one another. And, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, Kurt's got a fucking blowtorch and, and a revolver and dynamite. Yep. I mean, sweet baby Jesus.
2: Yep. And, you know, you just had, you know, Friday the 13th, Elm Street, all the slasher movies where it was everybody splits up and you die.
1: Yo, that's true. That's true. It's a, this, by the way, great, great camera work mm-hmm. showing him Palming the, uh, the scalpel. Yeah. The angle oh, of the show. Here we go. Oh, oh, there it is. I mean, it's just, this is silly fun, right here. Like, if you're going to have fun with this movie, they just decided, like, it went, I don't, it, I love this. Like, how do you not throw the dynamite in his chest? Oh, look at that face. Handsome devil. You've got it. This is where Kurt Russell almost blew himself up. Yeah, he actually really hurt himself. Uh, they didn't realize how dangerous these flamethrowers were. And there goes the head. There, oh my gosh, look at that! That's so good! So good. Focus <laughs> on that CGI, Yeah, was when I was uh. Cause you we were talking about the conventions. We, we were uh, pre-recording, we were chatting. My friend, uh, Elizabeth Maxwell, who was, does voiceover for anime and for video games. Mm-hmm. She, uh, we were talking about some of the movies that she's done. Like, how do you not get this head right now? Look at that tongue going, or whatever that thing is. It's, not a, te- it's a tentacle for the back of the head. But it, oh, yeah. Yeah, we, were, we were chatting and you know, she's doing that uh, Virgin, Virgin Cheerleaders in Chains, not that kind of movie. <laughs> and great film, folks. Please go check it out. Give, give Elizabeth some support. Uh, but it was it was interesting because I said, "What do you, you know? How does how does this work uh, when it comes to special effects, especially on a, on a you know a smaller budget film that's not mainstream Hollywood? What do you do?" And she said, "Jay, it's so weird because you'll see it shot and be like this is so fucking hokey." And I'm not quoting her, folks, but it's yeah. like this just doesn't look good. She's not a person who uses the effort. I and it was like, it just it looked weird. But you get one shot. You've got to do it perfect. And the actors hit their marks. The special effects hit, there goes the spider. The special effects hit, hit its marks. So that it never looked good. But then you would see the way they edited it and cut it. And it looked fucking amazing. Just amazing. And I was like, how oh, interesting. Now, I, I've got to wonder. I mean, that was only shot a couple years ago, maybe three years ago. How did these actors feel looking at this hokey shit, wondering how it was going to look on the big screen?
2: Then you get the sound. Right. Just all that hollering and crazy. Uh.
1: I mean, this is at some point, right? you're, You're like, I'm a good actor. This... Is gonna look real on the big screen. Like I can't look like an asshole. Mm -hmm. This isn't Howard the Duck. (laughs) (laughs) It's just it's 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 very fascinating to me that they held it together like that. All of these horror films like this weren't comics. Because they had that opportunity. I don't know. You know, all of these could have gone hokey pretty quickly.
0: Yeah. Boom.
1: Boom. That shot. Yeah. shot. I'll tell you what, they, uh, they wrap up these dead cats pretty quick. Yeah, I mean. They get that done. I like his knob to easy there. Don't know exactly what Kurt's doing here, but he is a very unique. Actually, you know what? If you look at the walls, that is one of the. This is like a guy's garage shop. If you watch mm-hmm. the walls in this film, there's pinups everywhere, all over, especially in the little pool area. Right, you they're blurred out now. You can see behind the gentleman there. There's all those pinups. Got a lot of pinups now. Outside of this film, you said there have been a couple others. What are some other films that have really uh, been instrumental or, or, or flagships in, in your life? Um, I mean, you know, you got the the
2: major sci-fi classics. Alien is, is a huge one. Really, Scott's my favorite director, just straight up. Um, I have a Blade Runner tattoo. That should tell you something there, too. <laughs> um, but um, so those big ones, um, when I I don't want to say like studied filmmaking and stuff like that, but when I got more into writing and narrative when I was in college, I did, I took a, it wasn't a creative writing class. It was an English class that turned into a narrative thing, which was awesome. Um, That's when um, I started watching a lot more like Christopher Nolan stuff. Um, I think interstellar is one of the greatest sci-fi films ever made period. Um, I will die on that Hill. (laughs) But um, in Bruges is another big one. I don't know if you ever saw that. No. Oh, it's uh, Martin McDonough, the same guy who did uh, three billboards outside Ebbing, Missouri. Um, that was his first real major foray into filmmaking, and it is a it's a it's a it's a good film. It's a tough watch. Same kind of deal. Um, oh, the, I love the blood test scene. <laughs> it's it's in my it's in my top five like most tense film scenes of all time too. So because. I like cataloging stuff, but um.
1: it, it goes back. The blood scene really goes back to the eyes. Yeah, I mean, this is where this is where this is where the, the podcast fails because I can't hear. We are not able to play the music. But by the way, their, their blood increased quite substantially. <laughs> In every one of those. It went from a cut of the thumb to we have an artery, Bob, but it's going to be okay. Oh shit. It's interesting. And his test is, is quite fascinating. Yeah. It's but just so, so,
2: it's such a good show, don't tell.
1: Oh, show, don't tell. And they've got, I'm trying to, I'm, I'm just, I've been slightly distracted because there is a gold label beer behind them, which I believe is Michelob. But I can't 100% tell if it's Michelob or not. But Michelob, almost as good as Brow. <laughs> delicious beer they have, they've got the bush sign the bush beer sign they have the these has been drinking coors and they, they, this i don't believe their alcohol budget was paid versus fun fact here kids uh boys in the hood you know they were doing that and that was supposed to be uh I, that was supposed to be uh old english hmm. i gonna sponsor that movie and the main actors came out and said, sorry, it cannot be, oh, wee, that's not what we drink. We drink Saint Nights. And so they called the owner, mine at Wessinger, and they said, hey, how would you like to uh, have your, your beverage, which was fairly new at the time, and was not doing well at all. And uh I'd like beverage in this movie? He said, sure. And that's what launched Saint Nights, was, was being in Boys in the Hood. Oh. There you go. Yeah. ET, all that nonsense. And St. Ives, all that nonsense. And there we go. Yep. Someone is guilty as shit. And get away from him, folks. You can't light that asshole on fire with everyone around him. This is the yeah. flaw. Oh, look at that face. He had the bottom rocker. Look at these guys. These guys are just, they're so freaking out. I mean, they're too close. Look at it. This <laughs> I love this shit. Come on. The other guy's got a fucking flamethrower. This is where I go crazy. This is why I have to watch. This is why I have this podcast. I'm just screaming now. The other guy, it's like, dude, what are you doing? This, oh my god, that's a great face. That's even better. Eat him. Yes, you should. He deserves to die. It's a horrible thing to say. I think they were drinking New Coke back then. 1982. Was that New Coke era? Or was that 85? I don't
2: know. I wasn't around then. 87 was me. I, I mean, I, I respect the roots, but uh, yeah, no. When I, when I grew up, everybody it was like, new Coke can go fuck itself. And I'm like, I don't know what that is. So I'm just going to drink it from this glass bottle.
1: There you go. and That's the right way to do it. Like a gentleman. They got a jukebox. They got Galaga. And they got new Coke. So this is a confused... No, it's Asteroids. There we go what um so you you're, you're you I'm wondering, is your future writing songs or doing scores for uh for movies or do you want to stay in the uh the video game mode
2: I'd probably stick with uh if i was gonna if i was gonna go into that it'd probably be video games um I don't have the mental capacity to score a film because if I was going to do it, it'd be an orchestra, unless I was going to go synths and things like that. But it's a bit out of my wheelhouse. Um, Fire. Um, There's so much fire. But um, I, I like, I I looked at a couple, a couple games I want to do stuff for and, and it's, Fun how you can look at you know 50 different things and come up with a hundred different ideas for it um i don't know i'd like to do it for a living um i got a good day job though so that that uh, that helps
1: that helps now i mean it's interesting right because you are you are setting tones and themes obviously mm-hmm. uh the you know what you're doing is is setting a different tone and a theme than a movie does. How much of the game do you see before you do the music or do they just pick your music or do they call you? How does this process? Cool.
2: That's, well, that's the thing is that we, I don't, I, I, we play games or music from games. We don't play music for games yet. Okay. Um, I, but the people I know who do do that, I mean, a lot of it is just it's the same kind of deal as doing acting. You would, you would audition you know send your stuff in um i have a friend out in out in um, LA that does it and a lot i mean we were well he he we were ruined for a little while and he would sit there and he'd make you know 30 to 60 second you know stings of music or a little bit of stuff and he would send it off and hey like this what you know do you like my stuff and they would get back like like you know thanks but no thanks or like we'd like to license this for something or yeah like why don't you write write something for us and we'll you know, we'll do that. Um, Oh yeah, here's that that uh, look I was talking about in just a second.
1: Very well lit. Yeah. I'll
0: tell
2: you what, it
1: doesn't matter I mean, what the temperature is. That is gonna work. right there, it's just bad. that
2: that. Yeah. Oh, it's just so good. Keith David's such an underrated actor. He's in everything, but
1: he's so good. Ah. He, and this is going to be a little bit of controversy, folks, so sit down, just listen to me. For the roles that he plays, they, they're very similar to the roles that Samuel L. Jackson used to play. He's a better, better. actor. He's a better actor.
2: Keith David than Samuel L. Yeah. Jackson? Yes. Oh, yeah, I, I would agree with that 100%. Um, He's better. Seeing Keith David in Pulp Fiction, that would be
1: Oh, come on. He's he, he, you want Sam for his rhetoric. Mm -hmm. You just do. Keith does both rhetoric and you want his face. Not that Sam's an unattractive man, but it's just like you want, you want that. There's something about that, right? You just want
2: it. Yeah, it's just. It's one of those things. It's like every time, it's like it's like. I love it when I'm watching something and I'm just like, "Holy shit!" It's blank, and the movie just automatically
1: gets better. Yep. Yeah. You know. Oh yeah, no, it is. He's at. He's just at a different level. A different level of entertainment. Uh, I mean, he was in. Uh, he was in the first Fridays. Yeah, he was the dad. Correct. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's right. will put some water on that shit. I mean, that's just. <laughs> come on, man. Yeah. I mean, you, you guys hang on and just I should I should dedicate, I, you know, I dedicated a month to Fred Ward because I'm such a Ward fan. I'm just such a Fred Ward fan and I should I should dedicate a month to him and just pull out my favorite movies that he's done because they're they're so good.
2: hmm. I uh actually speaking of one of those I, I, uh, a couple nights ago I watched The Quick and the Dead for the first time in a really long time Ooh. and and audibly was just like oh my god it's Lance Hendrickson okay
1: yeah <laughs> so Lance Hendrickson I mean Millennium remember that TV show did you I even do.
0: watch
1: that I did Oh the first two years were great you know then it got fucking weird mm-hmm. but that was a great TV show as well I mean It's kind of an exaggeration there, Jay. But, you know, it's. I really enjoyed that. I thought that show was fucking fantastic. Yeah. I really thought they did a a hell of a job there. But, yeah, I mean, he's just... There there are guys like that. And I guess Wilford Brimley was kind of that guy, Mm -hmm. uh, you know. But, I don't know, he deserves bigger roles. Or deserved bigger roles, I should say, back in the day. But he was that... You needed a great actor to pull off, you know, 15 minutes on the screen of a two hour film or 20 minutes. That's the man who can hold it and own it.
2: Yeah. If um, I'd say that the best masterclass of having character actors carry a show was Deadwood. Oh, yeah. Like if you were ever going to do is just we're going to, we're going to go through an entire series and do a podcast about it. if you do Deadwood, I would be like, I'm going to cook you all the mac and cheese you'll ever need because <laughs> I can talk about that show for
1: ever. I, you know, I've thought about that. I've thought about taking some of these really good series, which are basically, you know, like I said, eight, 10 hour movies. Mm-hmm. And breaking them down. Deadwood is one of my favorites. One it's just so good. Yeah. The British, the British guy, I'm blanking on his name.
2: Ian, Ian McShane. Ian McShane. I was going to yeah. mess up his last name.
1: Who also did American Gods on Stars, mm-hmm. and for the audiobook, he does the voice. Folks, no one says "cunt" more eloquently. Than <laughs> right. <laughs> yep. I have. Uh, one I a- fuck. No one. No one curses better than that man.
2: Yeah. He's great. He was he, he was in the uh, remake of Death Race as well.
1: That's right. He was.
2: Yeah. I love the fact that he's, he's not so above himself that he can do just like turn your brain off action films. Um,
1: he's good yeah. though, man. He captures a
2: moment. Yeah. And he commands your attention, which is, yeah. I mean, like this bulldozer. Just boom.
0: <laughs>
2: um, that Yes, either that or, um, I mean, shoot, I mean, if we're going to go with H.O. Chernobyl, that would be a good one to Ooh. break down as well.
1: Chernobyl, you know what else would be good? Uh, is though not on the um, it was on FX, is um, fucking hell, my brain, uh, justified. Justify, I was going to say, are we going to talk about justified because hell yeah, I mean, so my ex wife is from that area, like mm-hmm. the dentist. That she went to, his receptionist was the daughter from the guy from the first season who did the apple apple cider moonshine. Oh, snap. Yeah. That's really cool. And so I brought that up out there, and they're like, well, it's kind of not true. I'm like, what do you mean it's kind of not true? It's a fucking TV show you psycho. So <laughs> it's kind of untrue. Like, well, actually, it's based on. I'm like, get out. Right. No way. And they're like, yeah, absolutely it's- and that you know and that's that show was good from beginning to end
2: mm-hmm. yeah that was a, It's kind of crazy how we had some of those I mean it, it's most people are like well I mean yeah nowadays but Breaking Bad is the same yeah. thing as 66 episodes of perfection yep Yeah.
1: What they, they didn't take a night off they really didn't and we're starting to see that you know we brought it up earlier the boys you're mm-hmm. seeing that with that um there, there are you know HBO and Amazon and even Showtime and Netflix are really investing in these shows, and, and for good reason. I mean they're yeah. fucking great. I would if you, if they were going to do a remake of let's say Goonies, I would want it to be on Netflix or Amazon.
2: I'd give it. I'd probably give it to Amazon. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Um, Netflix, what's the last thing I watched? There's oh, Arcane. Um, I couldn't give less of a shit about League of Legends, but Arcane is a fucking ace television show, it is fantastic.
1: Oh, I haven't seen Arcane, I saw the um, uh, Archive 81.
2: I've heard of it, but I haven't seen it yet.
1: It's a uh, is it a, I don't know, it's a you know, watch the VHS movie, da 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 da, you know, alternative. Worlds colliding together through different times, what have you? Mm -hmm. Uh, It's it's very interesting. I I thought it was good, uh, but when it comes to I would say more aggressive original series, I think you're right. I think Amazon does a little bit of a better job.
2: Yeah, they got yeah, Boys, Miss Maisel, which is fantastic.
1: They got the uh, Jack Card books coming out, Terminal List,
2: Mm -hmm. Um, Bosch. I mean, Bosch. Um yeah, you talk about a good almost like a modern western that nah, I wouldn't call it a modern western. That's like if Dirty Harry was made for an audience nowadays. Yeah. Yeah.
1: No, I mean I think I think Bosch is great. I uh I would like to, you know, I'd like to see all that stuff though, you know. It, but that's the only way I want to see Goonies redone mm-hmm. is over 10 hours.
2: Yeah. Tell a longer idea? story, yeah. yeah.
1: You know, you can get into the background. Why the, why that, why those guys were in jail, you know, why the mom's such a crazy bitch, that, that lady, you want to give kids nightmares. That lady did it. Yeah. Holy shit. I tried to watch Goonies with my eight-year-old. She's like, that lady's terrifying. I, 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 yeah. I'm like, yeah, honey, she is kind of scary. Don't give her a surprise. Brimley. Surprise, a kid, honey, Brimley. <laughs>
2: Also that, that just effect right there is just uh,
1: <laughs> oh where you know we're, we're coming to the end here, right? Yeah I gotta ask, you know, so from 82 we've been we've been down nostalgic road. Mm-hmm. Obviously there, you know, there have been good horror films throughout the throughout the era, but a couple of questions for you here as we wrap up. Number one, in your mind, you know, where what what are your what are your pros and cons that you see when it comes to uh, the movie world we live in today?
2: Besides uh, besides remakes,
1: yeah, remakes. you can throw remakes in whatever you, yeah. know, you want to. Um, maybe you want to steal my thunder on remakes? It's fine.
2: No, no, honestly, <laughs> my, <laughs> I I can appreciate like there's been some remakes where I'm just like, yeah, like I'm I'm down with that. Um, I with reboots, I need to see the Batman. Like I love Batman. Just all Batman all the time. I don't care. But my biggest issue with mainstream filmmaking these days is um, the the perceived industry inability of the audience to think for themselves. Um, I don't like being treated like an idiot when I go to be entertained. Um, I want to be able to watch something and start trying to put pieces together in my head. And honestly, this may sound kind of, I don't want to say silly, but uh, Mad Max, Fury Road, they don't give you anything in there. It's just, you know, it's, it's, it's an easy from A to B and back to A film. It's just a car chase, but there's a lot of shit that happens in that car chase and there's a lot of crazy implications as to what's going on in that world. And yeah, it's just have fun with your imagination try to put it together yourself um yeah
1: yeah i i i, I like where you're going with that i i agree 100 i uh i i brought up goonies in that remake idea because if you're gonna do a remake you gotta do it right yeah and too many remakes are done wrong mm-hmm. even the the new texas chainsaw massacre We went through a very quick phase that I think Hollywood's trying to drag out a little bit with Saw, Centipede, and others, which was just graphic, gross, deplorable, aggressive—you know, name your cliche—violent horror film. Mm -hmm. And it shouldn't be called a horror film; it should be called a violent film. Leave it as a violent film, right? And uh, we, we we need to let those go. I you know I like what. Jordan Peele's doing, um, I, I, like, I like the intensity. I thought Midsommar was very interesting. as a, no, I don't, didn't quite see it as a horror film, but I thought it was an interesting, scary movie that was shot always in the daytime. Mm-hmm. I, I like those experiments, and I wish people would keep doing more because we're going to find our next great thing. You know, uh, and then for Hollywood, for whatever it's worth and I know this was bigger in the late 80s and early 90s, but you're, you're starting to do it more because you get bored or you're lazy, I should say, not bored, you're lazy stop with the fucking sequels yeah I mean, I get that some need them Batman needs them, Deadpool needs them Spider-Man needs them, I get that because we're Star Wars, we're telling a story it's yeah. evolve. if it's a horror film there's a beginning middle end Yeah. and we're done stop Stop your fucking bullshit. Just stop, please. We're good. And yep. yeah, I mean that's just that's my ten cents on it.
2: But. No, it's all good. And it's kind of funny, and and it's it. I'm kind of glad we kind of touched on that. Um, just with this, I'm actually kind of one of those uh, the uh, thing like the one that came out in 2011. Yeah. The, the 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 pre pre make. What did you call it? I'm actually kind of an apologist of that movie. I enjoyed it immensely um i think they did really really good with what they were given i think they told a pretty solid story even though it's essentially the same story which it would be no yeah. matter what um and they accounted for every single thing you see in this movie so it's it's a good example of
1: respect of the source material you know oh absolutely and you know i you know i, I would also say that at the end of the day i mean it's where we're we're highly blessed, right? Mm-hmm. To be able to sit here and I mean, he, he, fucking John Carpenter, he's he's a, he's amazing, and some of these you know some of these movies that uh, we may not like too much, previous movies that that those people have made have been absolutely amazing. I mean, Jerry Bruckheimer is a prime example of that. So it's not like I can do better, or I'm saying you know give yeah. me the wheel and I'll take over. It's it is it's an insight from somebody who just happens to watch a shit ton of movies that goes, mm-hmm. hey, guys, we can do better. Just can, you know, and and you know Fletch, I love Fletch. Fletch is one of my top five favorite movies. Mm-hmm. Fletch Lives breaks
2: my heart. Didn't even know that was a thing, I'll be honest. Yeah, so. and you shouldn't, right?
1: <laughs> it was <laughs> awful. But, I mean, but it shouldn't even enter the lexicon because it's so bad. It's so bad. You know, and it, it it hurts my heart that it's even out there because it's just it was a money grab, you know, and it's just it, it, it's heartbreaking. It is. Well, Matt, our movie's done.
2: Yep. And it's still good. Oh, it's
1: God. still good, and I would still watch it again tomorrow. Quite honestly, I really would.
2: Yep. Same. I,
1: it just it's good, but if we can't watch the movie, throw out where people. You know, we got a little global reach here. So you got some, you got some appointments coming up. You got to go to Minneapolis, you got some other things, but if you can name some video games where people can hear what you guys are doing, if you're ever playing locally, how can people find out? Give us all um,
2: Yeah, so if you want to, um we have content mostly on YouTube. We're live band first and foremost. So we're always trying to play somewhere. We're on YouTube. Uh, let me find my URL. I, don't know, it's YouTube. I mean, if you look up the Masters of Unlocking Band, it, we're the first thing that pops up. Um, we're on Instagram at Masters of Unlocking Band. We're on Facebook I think at the Masters of Unlocking. I'm, we're not so active on there. Um,
1: Best on um, comments on YouTube or comments uh, on
2: Instagram? Uh, comments on YouTube, probably. Um, Instagram is also fun. I, I only really post on there if we're going to be doing something. Um, but yeah, if you're in Austin, uh, we're playing Classic Game Fest at the end of July. Um, Round Rock, we're playing at the Kalahari <laughs> Resort for uh, Col- Colossal Con, um, which is going to be a lot of fun. And then, yeah, we're playing at 2D Con up in Minneapolis at the end of August.
1: Nice. Yeah. You should, and I will email you the guy to talk to. Okay. I'll just say this out here because I don't care if anyone hears it. I used to work with these guys. I know the CEO very well. I know their COO. introduce you uh there's a there's a group out there called ible and they're a social media platform um but it's all audio video based Hmm. and they have a full studio so i will email you elijah and raymond's um, email addresses okay and you should be like hey set up a gaming but let's do live music to gaming Oh, that'd be a lot of fun. Hell they yeah. They're a full-on they studio with like seven red cameras and everything. And they're right in downtown Austin. Okay. I'm
2: not too far away. <laughs>
1: yeah, right? I mean, you're pretty close, but it might be something to where there could be a Saturday weekend where you could bring gamers in and film it for Ible, or they would actually film it for you. Mm-hmm. And then you would post it on their platform, and then you could post it on your um, on your YouTube.
2: Okay. Yeah, no, that sounds that sounds fantastic. I'm sure we could do something with that.
1: Yeah, I just there's something in my mind that just thinks that that sounds fucking cool to me because at it does. some point the yeah. cameras are going to be more on the band than the game. Like the split screen is going to go from. Uh, and you're you are you are probably too young for this, but when OJ was being chased in the White Bronco. Oh no, I
2: remember that. I was I was in the third grade when that happened. You're in the third grade, well, yep.
1: remember. <laughs> The Rockets were playing the Knicks for the mm-hmm. NBA championship. And it started out like a like the front of the People magazine. The big picture was the Knicks and the Rockets playing. And the I'm not quite fucking important enough picture in the top right-hand corner was the OJ Bronco, right? <laughs> or that yeah. B-list celebrity that, you know, got herpes and wants to tell their fucking story. Yeah. And, and all of a sudden it switched. And OJ was the big screen. And my basketball game was the little screen. <laughs> and I just visualize that happen. Like I visualize a guitar solo and all of a sudden, I don't care what's happening. in fucking video game. It's a fast break. You are the little tiny bitch up in the corner. And guess what? People's got a new cover, baby. Here it is.
2: Oh, that sounds awesome. <laughs> Doesn't
1: it now? See, now, But that's my vision of it, right? It's like, you're playing, they're playing. You've got a wall of monitors. You've got shit going. It's a And then no we're gonna have some fun gotta have some fun but yeah
0: oh yeah the brain
1: goes i will we'll get off this and i will i will email you um with all that said i I like to close with this and i want to say this to you as well one uh thanks for commenting thanks for reaching out i really appreciate it Um, oh yeah this was a blast you know it's 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 always fun just to chat but next time i would like to do this again i really would and next time we'll let's um, let's do it in person. I'll get one of my buddies to open his bar early. We'll do it on a weekend or something, and uh, we'll sit down and have some drinks together. We'll get you a good scotch.
2: <laughs> I I do like good scotch, and I'd have a couple. I mean, shoot, I'll uh, I'll bring some. <laughs>
1: perfect. Well, we'll 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 do that, and we'll do it in person. That's number one because you're here. Number two, uh, you know, on in a time when. You know, we can basically just go get whatever we want. If it goes bad, we get to go get it again. It could be bread, it could be fucking avocados, it could be milk, eggs, whatever. You, you, you know, you go out, and you get it, doesn't work out, you don't get to it fast enough, you go buy some new stuff. Time's not that way. Time is something you never get back. And uh, to reach out and to offer to uh, share your time with, with me and with this audience and talk about something and a lot of other things that, that probably weren't on your mind. Um, you know, I, I'm humbled and, and I'm greatly appreciative of that because uh, that means the world to me that, that not knowing me from Adam, you, you'd spend your time with me, so thank you. That's,
2: that's what I like to do. I love talking with people. I love chatting about anything, hanging out. And uh, the fun thing is, is if you talk to everybody, you never know who you're gonna be talking with, you know, speaking to. Um, that's another story for another time, though, because I've got a crazy one of those. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, I will, we'll definitely have to do that. I'd love to have you on again, Matt. Thank you so much once again for the kids. Last time before my daughter sings about she took a shit by herself. What's your band's name? No name. I apologize. It's,
2: a- no, it's okay. It's it's all good. It's been a long. It's been a long couple hours. Uh, the Masters of Unlocking.
1: You're gonna be like, hey Tim, guess who else shouldn't have a mic? This guy, <laughs> you're talking next, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> right. I love it. Party people, love you guys. Thank you so much. Go check him out. Follow him on Instagram. If they're in your town or if they're on your video game, give them some love. Matt, thank you again. And now, here it is, your favorite time. My kid sings about the first time she took a shit by herself. Ladies and gentlemen, have a good one. See you.